Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Word of prayer. Thank you, thank you, Heavenly Father. All right. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. All right, so we started looking at Romans chapter 4. Looking at the life of Abraham, praise God. We're going to look at the concept of being fully persuaded this morning. If you have not been here in the last two days, we're going to make the messages available later today or tomorrow. Get a hold of the messages and listen to them again and again. Romans chapter 4 and verse 16, we started reading. For this reason, it is by faith in order that it might be according with grace. And we said that grace and faith works together. That faith receives what grace has made what? Available. So we are not trying to receive anything that's not available. We are receiving that which God has already made available. It's not the day you tell God your problem that God is going to create the solution. The solution is already available. When Jesus died on the cross, God gave to us, praise God, we read that, uh, everything that pertained to life and godliness. Amen? I said amen. Second Peter chapter 1 verse, verse 3 says, For his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything pertaining to life and godliness has been granted to us by what? His divine power. His divine power there is the grace of God. Everyone say the grace of God. Now, Uh, The Bible says, through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. So, how we get access to this is through knowledge. The scripture says, by knowledge shall the just be delivered. By knowledge shall the just be delivered. The deliverance of the righteous man in Christ comes by knowledge. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 4 now and verse 17. As it is written... Our father of many nations have I made you. In the presence of him who he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So God calls into being that which does not exist. And we said in Genesis, I'm trying to do a recap, in Genesis chapter 1, so you can be up to speed with us, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2, the Bible says that there was darkness upon the face of the earth and the spirit of the Lord brooded over the waters now when the spirit of God brooded over the waters God said God did not describe the darkness God spoke light we don't say what we are seeing we say what we want to see are you hearing this now so faith is not describing your situation faith is giving your situation the life you want So if you are sick, faith calls healing into existence. If you are poor, faith calls prosperity and increase into existence. 
If you are in lack, faith calls supply into existence. Are you still here? Alright. So, and we saw that that's how God created. In fact, the book of Hebrews tells us that everything we see is sustained or upheld by the word of God. Can we go there? We'll come back to Romans chapter uh, 4. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And um, we're going to read from verse 1 to 3. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, verse 1, Now faith is the assurance of things. The word assurance in the, in the Greek is translated uh, as substance, which means uh, persuasion. You're fully persuaded. You've got an assurance of that. All right? Now, it says, hoped for the convictions of things not seen. That word conviction right there is evidence. The evidence. The, the King James uses the word evidence. The word evidence there is translated as conviction. Now, if I tell you that this is... Uh, a loudspeaker. How many of you agree that this is a loudspeaker? You don't agree that this is a loudspeaker? You don't agree? So what is this? It's a pulpit, right? Or you, you're not sure what it is? You think this is where my power is? <laughs> okay, let me use something else. Say, Pastor, that's your power. <laughs> what do you think this is? Is this a palm tree? This is what? A flower. All right? Why or how, why do you think it's a flower? The evidence is here. You can see it. Nobody can convince you beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is a palm tree. Because you've got the evidence. When you are fully persuaded, no one can convince you beyond the shadow of a doubt about the things you're believing for. You've got the evidence. And this evidence doesn't have to be what you see with your eyes. It's got to be an evidence in your spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Now he says, verse 2, For by it... The man of old gained approval or obtained a good testimony, the Greek language says. So what we use to obtain from God a testimony or a good report is faith. Verse 3 says, by faith we understand that the words were prepared by the word of God. Or the words were created by the word of God. So, the creation of this world is by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of the things which are visible. What is seen is not made out of the things which are visible. We know that the world was fashioned, was created by the word of God. So, the word of God, pay attention to this, is God's creative force. God's word is his creative force. How God will recreate your life is by his word. How God will set your life in order is by his word. How God will change your life is by his word. That's why one of the things you've got to understand if you want to live the life that God wants is to put yourself where you're taught the word of God. Where you're taught the word of God. Because in being taught God's word, you're giving God the opportunity to reshape your life. Can you say amen? amen. Okay, go back to Romans chapter 4 and verse 18. 
or verse 17. As it is written, a father of many nations I have made you. In the presence of him who he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So we know how God does. God ejects life to a dead situation and calls into being that which does not exist. You know, I like the testimony of our sister uh, that she just shared. And one, one thing I like about the, the testimony or the fact that she shared the testimony was the fact that she's a nurse. And like she said, people expect if you're a nurse, you should know what is wrong with you and you should know how to handle it. All right? And if a nurse tells you she's healed, you better believe that she's healed. If it was someone else, you could say, well, but if a nurse tells you, because if you have that same issue, she's the one you're going to meet. What am I trying to say? Understand that in this LTRM, there are limitations. There are limitations of knowledge. The best doctors in this world, by the way, I had a word of knowledge. I, I don't think I mentioned it. But if your child has been diagnosed with any form of, uh, uh, how is it called now? That your child is hyperactive. I think there's a medical name for it. But if the doctors have told you that there's this hyperactiveness in your child, praise the name of the Lord. Well, after the service, bring them to me. I'll lay my hands on them and we will bring everything into balance in the name of Jesus. So if you, if you are here, and, and even if your child is not here, I can pray for them over the phone. And in Jesus' name, everything will become normal. Amen. What was I saying before that? Well, let's read the Bible. A father of many nations that have made you in the presence of him. Okay, I was talking about the nurse. Verse 18. In hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father. So what God says to you is not what makes you. What God says to you is what is available by grace. What you believe is what you become. Are you following this? God says, I've made you a father of many nations. The Bible says, in hope against hope he believed so that he might become a father. So God tells you one thing, but you have to believe it to become what God tells you. Are you here? You have to believe it. I can tell you something, but if you don't believe it, you will not become it. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. So we've got to work on our believing. We've got to work on our believing. According to that which he had spoken, so shall your descendants be. Remember, in faith school, if you attended faith school, I talked about uh, the Rema word. The Logos word and the Rema word, the spoken word of God. I talked about that, praise God. Now go to verse 19. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now when you read this from different translations, you might have two different interpretations. The New American Standard says, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Which means he looked at his body, but that did not weaken his faith. If you read other translations, you would, you would uh, find it like that. But if you read the New King James, it says, uh, not considering his own body. So if you read the New King James, you would feel like he did not consider his body. But if you read other translations, uh, it says he considered, but he was not weak in faith. Now, they're saying the same thing, basically. 
The essence is that considering certain things in the natural would weaken your faith. But Abraham, even though his body was dead, it did not weaken his faith. Now pay very close attention to this and don't miss this. Sense evidence weakens your faith. Sense evidence weakens your faith. Are you following me? Come on, are you following me? What that means is that God says, I'm going to prosper you. If you look at your account, it can weaken your faith. God says you're healed. If you look at your body, it can weaken your faith. God says your ministry will prosper. If you look at your body, it can weaken your faith. So you must build your faith to the extent where when you look at your body, it doesn't weaken your faith. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a testimony. Um, Pastor Mary, uh, I think it was on Friday, or maybe Friday night, we went home and she felt this sharp pain around her uh, tummy region, her abdomen. So she said, oh, I'm feeling this pain. So I said, oh, when I called for pains, why didn't you come out? She said she wasn't feeling it there. Now, let me tell you something. I don't just get my family healed because I'm a man of God. You know, my, my little daughter has been complaining of that whole eye stuff in, in the house. And when the word of knowledge came out, I had to call for her quickly to come because there is an anointing to heal. There is laying hands on the sick and there are times where the anointing of God is heavy. And whether the person is your relation or not, you want to get them under the anointing. Praise God. Then, so we prayed about it. She spoke God's word over it. And I kept asking her, how's she feeling? How's she feeling? After a while, I just said, how are you feeling? She said, I'm not even considering it anymore. So the next morning I got up, I asked her, how are you feeling? He said, I didn't even think about it. You see, you've got to learn to come to the place where even some of the natural things you're seeing, you don't allow them weaken your faith. She, she didn't think about it. And she, she just got healed. You know, one time I was going to preach and I had this cough. I, you know, I confessed the word, spoke the word, I still had the cough. So I just told myself, I said, you see, when I go there to preach, I would outlive you. This cough, I know one day you will live my life, but I will live longer than you. So choose whenever you want to live, but I'm alive. I walked up to the pulpit, I was gone. What, what is that? I didn't consider it. You can consider certain things and it will weaken your faith. And so you must make sure that you build yourself to the point where the things you're seeing in the natural does not weaken your faith. Amen. If you're here, say Amen. Alright, let's, let's read on now, go to verse 20. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief. What, what does it mean to waver? You know, like the wave of the sea, back and forth. Back and forth. You think God will do it, you think God will not do it. You think God has done it, you think God has not done it. You know, the double-minded man will not receive anything from the Lord. So to be fully persuaded, praise God, is to stick your mind and fix it in one place and refuse to move. I am the healed of the Lord. I am the prosperous of the Lord. I am the blessed of the Lord. And you fix your mind on that, praise God. You don't allow things to cause your mind to wave. He says, he did not waver in unbelief, praise God. But grew strong in faith. How did he grow strong in faith? Everybody say that. How did he grow strong in faith? Giving what? I didn't hear that. How did he grow strong in faith? Giving glory to God. So, thanksgiving, write this down, strengthens your faith. Thanksgiving strengthens your faith. I have not seen the child yet, but I thank you. I have not seen this yet, but I thank you. You must learn. See, 
Thanksgiving is the language of faith. Thanksgiving is the language of faith. Don't hang around those who complain a lot. Even people who complain a lot never see anything good in anything good. Thanksgiving in the language of, oh, Father, I thank you. Oh, Father, I thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus, this is done. Oh, thank you, Lord, this is done. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, verse 21. And being fully assured, or the King James will say, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to do what? To perform. What God had promised, God was able to perform. How did he come to this place of being fully assured or fully persuaded? That is what, that is what I want to explain to you this morning. How to get to that place in your life. How did he get to the place of being fully persuaded? If you read um, Acts chapter 26 and verse 28, um, look at it from the New King James Version. Acts 26, 28. I want to show you something. Uh, Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Look at this. It says, then Agrippa said to Paul, King Agrippa, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. How many of you know that almost persuaded is not fully persuaded? Hey, hey. How many of you know that almost persuaded is not fully persuaded? You know, one day, Brother Jerry, Jerry, uh, Jesse Duplantis, um, he doesn't fly an aircraft, but he's, he's got one. But a Copeland flies an aircraft. But a Copeland is a pilot, professional pilot. He was flying over robots while he was in school before he got into the ministry. One day, Jesse Duplantis came excited to Brother Copeland and said, I've been taking some pilot lessons. And uh, my pilot allowed me to fly a bit. And he said, you know what? I, I almost landed the plane. And Kenneth Copeland said, Jesse, almost landing is crashing. Are you hearing this? How many of you would like your child to come from school one day and say, Daddy, I'm so happy. Say, what happened? Say, I almost passed. How many of you will like that? Right? How many of you will want a man to come to you and you know what? Say, I almost married you. How many of you knowing almost is not it? Brother Kit Moore was a lecturer in Brother Hagen's school and he said, he's got these students, two students all the time. They're always with themselves all the time, holding themselves in very funny manner, always in each other's arms. He was a bit concerned every time he looked from his window. So he, he went to them and says, Hello, are you guys married? And, and they say, We're going to get married. How many of you know we're going to get married is not married? How many of you know for some of you, you need to leave that guy's house because you're going to get married, but you're not married? Don't say amen, so they won't know it's you. But you know, we've been giving word of knowledge concerning healing. We've been giving word of knowledge concerning blood diseases. We've been giving word of knowledge concerning ulcer. This word of knowledge is pack and go back to your father's house. And take that serious. Almost married is not married. I'll repeat it again. I know you did not hear. But in the name of Jesus, almost married is not married. Do we agree, church? Do we agree in this church that I almost married does not mean you're married? I gave birth for him does not mean you're married. Can, can we, can we, can we, do you understand? I have six children for him does not mean you're married. 
Everybody say amen. amen. You want God to heal you, you also want God to change your character. That's a word of knowledge. So go back to your father's house. Not when you have six children. Don't, 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 don't. don't. The word of knowledge is the person who doesn't have children here. Is that okay? See, I'm living today. In that faith conference, pastor said, pack and go to your, my friend, stay with your children and sort yourself out. All right. All right. So, so almost persuaded does not mean you are persuaded. So you can't be almost persuaded about the word of God. You've got to be fully persuaded. I almost believe is unbelief. Now, how do you get to be fully persuaded? Now, I want to teach you something. Everybody pay attention. Put that word up for me. Total immersion. Write that word down. Total immersion. Now, listen very carefully. It's or how do you come to the point of being fully persuaded? Now, during World War II, okay, what I'm sharing with you now you can go on the internet and do your research about it. It's a true principle, psychological principle or principle to learn languages. It's called the principle of total immersion. During World War II, um, they needed more Spanish speakers, interpreters for the world. And uh, they were finding how to teach people the language very quickly. So, uh, psychologists discover what you call the principle of total immersion. In fact, there are schools today that are built on this principle. So, pay very close attention because this is the summary of the message. The principle of total immersion means that in six weeks, you don't, you don't do anything except immersing yourself in that language. You, everything around you is that language. Everything around you is just that Spanish language. Nothing else is permitted around you. And they discovered that after six weeks, these people became very fluent in this language. It's called the principle of total immersion. Which means that, now there are two total immersions when you go on the internet to search. There's a total immersion for swimming. It's not swimming I'm talking about. So you put total immersion for language. All right. Now, I want to read a story of a girl to you how she got into this total immersion when she was trying to to, to learn uh, total immersion uh, why total immersion works it works for three reasons number one the sheer amount of input you're getting is far more than you would ever under normal conditions when you practice for literally all your waking hours you're bound to see improvement so they say the principle of total immersion works faster because Day in, day out, you are immersed in this language. You're not permitted to say anything in your native language. So it forces your brain to learn the language faster. Secondly, by learning like a child, you're forcing your brain to process what you hear the way a native speaker would. Mapping new words straight into their corresponding concept rather than translating into your own language, which is much slower. Alright? Now, thirdly, and most importantly, in total immersion learning, there is no room for a comfort zone. From day one, you are looking people in the face and you're trying to speak to them. What this means is that if they put you into the total immersion program, you're not allowed to say anything in your native language. You're not allowed to say anything in English. If you're learning Spanish, it's just Spanish. You are around Spanish teachers. Now, what they do currently in total uh, immersion languages is if you want someone to learn Italian, for instance, 
You take them, praise God, from Nigeria. You put them in an Italian culture. You, you don't allow them to say anything in English. You don't allow them to say anything in Yoruba. You don't allow them to say anything in Igbo. They are within the Italian culture. They're, they're talking to Italians. They are seeing things written in Italy, in Italy. You're not expected to translate those things to English. It forces you to learn faster. So what is it about total immersion? It makes you become persuaded about that language. It works on the configuration of your brain. Now, if you want to become fully persuaded in faith, you've got to take that same concept and translate it into your life using the word of God. Are you following this? That means that when you live here today, you set up your own total immersion program. I'll tell you how we did that when we, when we first got married. We told ourselves there are words that must not be said in this house. Right? And we said we would always confess God's word. So certain times, out of joke, jokingly, I will say some words. And you know, being the man of the house, sometimes we're not, we're not, we're not easy to accept corrections, right? So when Pastor Mary says something, I say, "Oh, you're making a wrong confession." She quickly corrects herself. Then when I do, when I say something that's not consistent with the word, she says, "You're making a wrong confession." I'll say, "I'm just joking." <laughs> And then she will say, you will have what you say. Now, you, do you understand that? Now, I will say I'm just joking. But no, if it's total immersion, there are no jokes. We're in a program here. So you're saying for the next 30 days, I'm going to grow my faith by giving glory to God. So 30 days of no complaint. Total immersion. And let me tell you, immediately you say 30 days of no complaint. That is when everything in this world will make you complain. I'm telling you, everything will go wrong. And you know why everything will go wrong? Satan knows that word will work. See, Satan is not fighting you because you are handsome. You know you are not as handsome as you think. Even though your mother kept saying, fine baby, fine baby, fine boy, fine boy. We know that's your mother and your mother can't say anything else. Alright? That's total immersion for your mother. She's not permitted to say you're ugly. You're not. But you understand that. You can't say anything else. So Satan is not fighting you because you're handsome. He's not fighting you because you're beautiful. Satan comes for the word. That's why when you finish a faith conference like this, it looks like all hell is breaking loose. What are they trying to do? To take the word of God from you. When Satan comes in your life, his target is the word because he knows the word will work. And you have to be fully persuaded at the word. So you say, 30 days of giving glory to God. You find something that will make you complain. You say, no, in Jesus' name, I give glory to God. 30 days of nothing tampering with my joy. And I'm telling you, how many of you remember uh, every time you tell yourself you're going to fast? Do I have some people in this church? Are you in the church of the living God? Every time you say you want to fast, what happens? You know, I set myself to fast. I set my, myself to fast on Saturday. So, I was on the bed with Pastor. And uh, my kids working with tree. Fried eggs. Sausage. Juice. With a love later. Say, we love you, Daddy and Mommy. You have been giving us breakfast. We have decided to give you breakfast in bed. <laughs> in my mind, I said, get the behind me. You know how you set yourself to fast and then there's sausage, fried egg, juice with a love note from your children. You just say, Lord, behold thy children. 
But every time you say you're going to fast, that's when your wife says, just eat. You are looking lean. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by the Spirit. Do you understand that? Every time you set yourself to believe God, that's why the devil throws everything against you because he knows if you get fully persuaded, he can't stop your life anymore. So you have to make up your mind that devil, you're not taking this from me. I'm going to be totally immersed until I reprogram my mind to say the right words. So that's the principle of total immersion. Now, um, you know, so I read, I, I put a whole lot of stories here of two people with total immersion. You can go read it and study about it. But total immersion was not just a psychological subject that uh, psychologists got a hold of. It's something that God has been teaching us from his word that we never knew. In fact, God taught the children of Israel the principle of total immersion. So we're going to read three things about total immersion. What I just want to teach you today is, listen, to be fully persuaded, you've got to have a total immersion program. There's no shortcut. It's not by laying on of hands. If you want to renew your mind, you have to go for total immersion. And that's how I built faith in my life. They were, I remember when the Lord was putting the teaching anointing in my life. Uh, and I, th- I think I've said this story before. The Lord weaned me from watching Christian television. And for some years, I never watched any Christian television. That's when I, I really began to develop convictions in terms of it. I was just with the word, reading the word, reading the word. What was that? Total immersion. When I was trusting God for prosperity and increase, I got prosperity scriptures and immersed myself in them day in, day out. Writing them in four by four cards. Memorizing them. Writing them on on, on my door. Speaking them and confessing them. What was that? Total immersion. You know, I'm just teaching you right now, but you have to go back home and set up your own total immersion program. If you need healing in your life, you set up a total immersion program. How long will it take? As long as it takes your brain to change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I'm not saying just do this for three weeks and then just say, ah, it's not working, no. You're not ready. You, I mean, some of you have been believing the wrong thing for 45 years and you want to change it in three weeks. Some of you have been saying the negative confession all your life. Some of you have heard negative confession all your life. Everything around you is negative confession. You sleep with the news, wake up with the news, check internet, check social media, and you want to just change that in one day. Life doesn't work like that. Your brain is caked. The first thing total immersion will do is to hammer all those things out. Boil the brain again and reset it. And it takes some time. But if you focus on this, you'll be amazed that it might not take as long as you want or you think. Praise God. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 6, I'm going to read three scriptures to you. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Are you learning something this morning? I didn't hear that. Are you learning something this morning? This is the way to become fully persuaded. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And verse 6. We can go up to the scriptures. Now. <laughs> get a hold of this. It will change your life. Don't ever think in your life. I'm going to read the scripture to you. Don't ever think in your life. I don't know if this will work. I will try. Don't try. The word of God is already tried. It will work. You know, as I was preparing this message, I have also set up uh, a total immersion program in my life in the next month that I'm getting into on a specific area. 
listen to messages along those areas, read scriptures along those areas, confess the word of God along those areas, have specific time of praying along those areas. We've got to put in the work. Faith will not work if we just live our lives to float that way. You've got to be diligent about it. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 6, these words which I'm commanding you today shall be where? Hey church, tell me. Shall be where? Shall be where? Where should the word of God be located? You've got to take God's word out of this book and put it in your heart. Because that's where faith comes from. Faith is of the heart. It's with the heart man believes. Praise God. It's with the heart man's belief. Many times the word of God is on the pages of this paper, but it hasn't come into our heart. And how do you take the word of God from this place into your heart? How many of you did cramming in, in uh, school? I know you told your wife you didn't cram. So raise your hand a little bit if your wife is close by. How many of you did cramming in school? Cramming, right? Okay. So the rest of you, how did you pass? Okay, raise your hand again. How many of you did cramming in school? Okay. For the last time, final call. This is my final. How many of you? You cram book for school. <laughs> All right. Okay. How many of you are teachers here? Not teacher. Hold on. Hold on. Not teachers by circumstance. What I mean is, you read engineering and there was no job. You now became a teacher. You're not the one I'm talking to. How many of you are teachers by training? You, you studied education. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we will close this faith conference. So I don't have a colleague in this church. How many are teachers by training? You were trained educationally. Let me see your hands. Let me see. Okay, you, who is there again? What did you read? Business education. Okay, you are closed. What did you read? English education. Okay. Where are the National Teachers Association of Nigeria? Okay. What did you read? Home economics. Okay. Who, who raised hand here? What did you read? Economics, but PGD in... Okay. is the one that started from scratch I'm looking for. Who did curriculum development? Did anybody study curriculum development in your education? I want to show you something. Who did curriculum planning? First degree. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why are you people making me feel ashamed? Go and get teachers to join this church. Okay, let me explain this to you. Um, in curriculum development, there's what you call, there are different kinds of learning. When you cram, that knowledge is not in your heart. So, if you cram, you can cram a lot, but if you forget something, the whole of that knowledge wipes out. Now, there is also, there's a way you can cram, and there's what you call, you can also cram by association. That means you can cram a subject, maybe I want to learn uh, Mr. D. Ninger, right? That's the easiest thing, right? What's Mr. D. Ninger? Characteristics of what? Of living things. So, so I want to cram Mr. D. Ninger. So I cram Mr. D. Ninger. If I forget arrow, it stops that process. Right? Now, there's also what you call uh, cramming by association. So, you want to look at Mr. D. Ninja. So, you can say M, uh, which is movement, is for, you now take a picture of a car. So, you can say M is the tire of a car. 
Arrow is the windscreen of a car. So you can fix Mr. D. Ninja and fix it into a car. So when you remember the picture of the car, it will force your brain to remember Mr. D. Ninja. Say yes. yes. For the first time in this church, this is what I read. So say yes. It is correct. But the challenge with that is that if you misplace any of those pictures in the car, it will affect your, your, what you memorized. But then there is the third pattern of learning. Okay, there's also the learning that they just say, uh, some of you know lion. Alright? But how many of you have seen lion? Real life. So very few people, but you know lion from the picture, from t- television. Okay. Now, there's also the learning where you really understand the characteristics of living things. And if you really understand it, listen to this, whether you are able to place it in the right order or not, you will actually be able to explain how living things function. At that time, the knowledge has passed to your heart. So if you get to the exam hall, your heart is able to bring that out, which means that you now understand the subject. Now, there are people who follow the word of God by just cramming the word of God. When circumstances hit them, they forget the word. But there are people who have immersed themselves in the word and the word has become part of their life. This is how Jesus described them. He says, if you abide in me and my words do what? Abide. That word abide in the Greek is moner. It means to dwell in you. It says you shall ask whatever you will and it will be done for. At that point, you've moved into total immersion in faith. The Bible again is not just words. The words are not abiding with you. You are now living by the word of God. Are you following what I'm trying to say here? So you've got to move from cramming the word to understanding the word, not just memorizing the word. It becomes such a part of your life that you might not be able to quote the scripture correctly, but that word is living in you. Sometimes you might be able to quote the scripture, it's just cramming. So, you know, uh, cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Mm, that you sleep. Say, Lord, what will happen tomorrow? Hmm, this country. Hmm, Buhari. Hmm, APC. Hmm, PDP. Hmm, you're worrying. But you just quoted something now. That's cramming. You're still anxious. You still worry. The Bible says, do not worry. But you're still worried. That means you have not understood that word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, total immersion is not cramming scriptures. It's actually immersing yourself in them so it comes into your heart. Now, when you learn a language, I pray I have time to finish this. But when you learn a language for the first time, how many of you speak any other language apart from yours? Your native language. Anyone? Uh, which language do you speak? <laughs> you are forgiven. So, okay, so your native language and English. No, English is our lingua franca. So, English is, is a common language. So, I'm not talking about your native language. I'm talking about English and any other language. Okay, what do you speak? Yoruba. No, leave Yoruba out. English and, okay, any other foreign language. 
Okay, how many of you are non-Yorubas who speak Yoruba? That's what I want. You're non-Yoruba, you speak Yoruba. Now, the first time you were trying to speak the language, did you struggle with it? Did you try to remember your words? Right. How many of you speak any other language outside of your language? Let me see. Raise your hand. Okay, very few people. Now, you discover that after speaking that Yoruba language for a very long time, you become very fluent in it. That even people struggle when you tell them you're, you are not a Yoruba person. What has happened? You've totally immersed yourself in that language. Now, you speak Yoruba, right? Yeah. Where did you learn it? Did you stay in the West? Fantastic. That's what I want to... Now, if you see um, um, a, an Ibani person who speaks Yoruba and learns Yoruba here, you will know that this Yoruba is like pigeon Yoruba. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, if you understand what I'm saying, because Yoruba will be cutting somewhere. Eh? You often be with cuts. There's sometimes we use English to support the Yoruba. So you say Yoruba, Yoruba, English, Yoruba. Then you use English to arrange it. Then Yoruba again. Then you might even use Ibani to feed. You just know that this Yoruba is not standing straight on its own. Now, the challenge is that that person did not learn the language by total immersion. But if you now go and maybe you are an Igbo person, but you schooled in Akure, especially children, when children get into a new place, before you know, they even pick up the language faster than you. Because what? When those children leave your house, they are totally immersed in that language. Come on, are you following what I'm saying? You see, what I'm teaching you this morning is where people find the struggle with faith. They feel like, why is my faith not working? Why are things... No, you, you have to be diligent about being totally immersed in faith. It's not just hearing one message, coming from one conference, and just boasting and saying, yeah, I have... No, 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 no. It's work. Full persuasion is work. That's why God told Abraham, change your name. So every time both of you talk to yourself, you are calling yourself father of many nations, mother of many nations. Father of many nations, mother of many nations. What, is, what are they doing? Total immersion. What did God do with Abraham? He brought Abraham and says, look at the stars of the heaven. Look at the signs of the seashore. Your children are going to be like the stars of the heaven. Every time Abraham walked out and looked up, what do you think Abraham was seeing? Stars, but what were those stars meaning to him? Children. So every time Abraham looked up, total immersion. Some of you need to change the pictures around your wall. Put pictures of your future, total immersion. Every time you look at that picture, you see where God is taking you to. I've always had a world map around my office. Why? Because I know I'm called to the nations. Every time I see that world map, total immersion. I know the call of God on my life. I know the assignment of God in my life. You have to be deliberate about so total immersion. Remove that picture of when you were smoking. You still have cigar in your mouth with face cap turned back and tattoo your back. Say, when men were men. Listen, that's, that's your past. Take that out of your wall. Take that out of your wall. You are a bad man that time. Take that out of your wall. You know, that's why every time you look at your mirror, somebody will tell you, if not that I got born again, when I was a man, can this woman talk to me anyhow? That's why your marriage is crumbling. Throw that picture away. That's the picture of your past. Stop remembering your past. God has a bright future for you. Don't be immersed in your past. Praise the name of the Lord. Some of you were totally immersed on need to leave your old boys association alone. Because every time they call you, they call you the name of that fighter in school. Teskido. 
Skido. Then you just remember. Ah! Look at this woman disrespecting me in the house. When they used to call me Skido, can she talk to me? That's why your marriage is breaking. You are no longer Skido. You are now born again. You are now a child of God. Tell your neighbor, I'm no longer Skido. I didn't hear that. Tell your neighbor, I'm no longer Skido. I'm not born again. Stop remembering when you used to smoke. Stop remembering when you used to chase girls. Take that's, that's total immersion in the wrong thing. You can't be married and still be thinking about when you were in school. That's a word of knowledge for someone. Thus saith the Lord. Thou shalt not remember when you were skiddo. You are not born again. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 6. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk, we're in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 7 now, by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. Total immersion. Say, talk about the word when you are in the house. Talk about the word when you walk by the way. Bind them in the front head. Put them as a door in your house. Immerse yourself in this word. That's how to get the word of God into your heart. If you're too lazy to put the word of God into your heart, you'll be too lazy to reap the harvest of the word. Come on, somebody say total immersion. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. Talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way. When you lie down. When you rise up. Go to verse 8 again. Praise the name of the Lord. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. When you look at your forehead, you see the word. You look at your hand, you see the word. You look at the door of your house, you see the word. You sit down with your children, you talk the word. You lie down, you lie down with the word. You wake up, you wake up with the word. What is God, I'm going very fast, but follow me. What's God trying to teach the children of Israel? Total immersion. If you create space in your life, the devil will fill it with fear and unbelief and doubt. You give him no space. Another principle totally mentioned, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Thank you, Lord. Are you still here? Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, are you skiddo? What did they say? Did somebody try to say yes in this church? Ask them again, are you skiddo? What did they say? No. Yeah, we don't have skiddos here. Joshua chapter 1. <laughs> you know when you go to all those government primary school. How many of you went to all those schools? Where they say, remember, you shall not forget the days of. <laughs> Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it how many times? What do you think the principle is teaching here? Total immersion. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then what's going to happen? You will make your way prosperous and you will have success. What's the principle of success? Total immersion. What's the principle of prosperity? Total immersion. One more scripture. Psalms chapter 1. Two more scriptures. Psalm chapter 1. Total immersion. Total immersion. Total immersion. So you have to go back and set your own total immersion program. Put messages. Get all our messages. Put them. Play them. All the time. Stop listening to Buga. 
I mean, you just wake up in the morning and you're doing like this in your house. <laughs> huh? He said, I just like the sun. He said, it's just they give me hope. What kind, of, what kind of useless hope is that? Husband and wife, and both of you are greeting yourself like this in the morning. How are you? Say, how are you? Say, how are you? He said, said, there's joy in my house. That's the joy that the world gives. Throw those music away. Fill your house with the word of God. Get up in the morning with the word. Get up in the afternoon with the word. Let people say, you listen to the word too much. Just tell them, I'm working on something. It's called total immersion. I'm going to make my way prosperous, and I'm going to have success. If you don't want this economy to bring you down, you better get into total immersion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't turn your house to Buga. And I'm seeing some of you who ought to be mothers and example. That's what you're doing. Let me stop all those things. You just see women. Get up. Total immersion. Look at what you are doing with your life. Six of you just look at yourself. They get up. Say, we are there. We know what is current. I mean, when cancer comes, how many of you know this is not going to cause cancer? This is not going to make you rich. Stop trending. Do God's word. I said, do God's word. I said, do God's word. There ought to be a difference between us and those that are in the world. We are examples. We are light in a dark and a perverse generation. If you're a Christian, be one. I said, if you're a Christian, be one. I said, if you're a Christian, be one. I didn't hear you. I said, if you are a Christian, just be one. Just be one. Just be one. Principle of total immersion. That means everything around you is the word. Something else is going to come out again. Pastor, someone say, Pastor, how do you know all those things? I see them when you do them. You teach me. Because I'm totally immersed in the word. So, so I, I know some of you are going to mute me from today. But God is going to reveal them to me. Psalm chapter 1 verse 1. How blessed is the man. Is somebody happy in this house? Well, give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory. We are victorious people. Amen. You know, we take the blessing of the word and we also take the correction of the word. That's how we become blessed. Alright, it's one minute past ten. Five more minutes. How blessed is the man who does not work in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. What is this man doing? He's getting himself totally immersed. So he's not getting himself in an environment where they mock the word, where they scoff the word. There are places you shouldn't find yourself. There are friends you shouldn't have. Why? You are on a total immersion program. That's why when the government is taking you for a total immersion program, they take you from your house and take you to that place. Why? They are separating you so you will not mix around people that will walk on your language. Quickly. But it's the light. It's in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he does what? He meditates how many times? What will he be like? He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. Come on, let's read the last verse loud and clear. And in whatever he does, he does what? Prosper. Does this sound like Joshua chapter 1 verse 8? Total immersion will give you total prosperity. Last scripture. Mark. 
Last of the last. Final last. Mark chapter 4. A good preacher should have three closing. Paul will write, finally, brethren, and still write about six verses. Mark chapter 4. But this is the last scripture. Verse 26. Show you something here. Thank you, Lord. Are you excited? Are you in church today? Say amen if you are. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Read with me quickly. And he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up by day. And the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know how. This is what I just want to wrap up this message with. When you do total immersion, you will not know how you will prosper. You're planting the seed. God will begin to arrange your steps. God will begin to open doors. How am I going to prosper, pastor, in this difficult economy? I don't know, but just plant the word. Just put the word. How is my life going to become successful? Just keep putting the word. You don't have a responsibility to make your life successful. You have a responsibility to plant the word. If you plant the word, the word will do its part. Are you following this? Read again. 28. The soil produces crops by itself. First the blade, then the heart, the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Ecclesiastes says when the clouds are full, they'll empty themselves on the earth. Stop getting concerned about your life. Get totally immersed. When the seed is ripe, the harvest will show up. Get the word of God. We are entering a new month. Make it a month of total immersion. Things you're struggling with right now. Get messages. Our messages are free. Get the word of God. Keep reading the Bible. Walk on your association. And you can make your way prosperous. Hallelujah. Are you blessed today? Come on, are you blessed today? Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. I ask, Father God, that you will cause by the Spirit of God that there will be breakthroughs for them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be healing. Let there be open doors in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let there be supernatural manifestation. I pray for you today that the remaining year, the remaining months of this year, there will be breakthrough months for you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. To God, I challenge you. Give a faith seat. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.